Hey, everybody, it's Preston here. Hey, guys, it's Clay. Before the show starts today, we want to tell you really quickly about this very cool challenge that we have coming up for listeners of Freelance to Founder. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. Something we've never done before. Never done it, but man, I feel like there's a huge need for it because we get on these calls with people and one of the most common things we hear from freelancers is how do I build in recurring revenue? How do I get predictable money every month, right? Yeah, yeah. That's that's a big question that we always, uh, I always get. I know you always get. That's right. And so Clay, you guys know from listening to the show, Clay ran an agency that that crushed it on recurring revenue. I've built a couple of recurring revenue businesses myself, and we want to help you kickstart your own recurring revenue. 2021 is going to be your year for recurring revenue. So we're launching a five-day challenge where you can set up your first productized service. Yeah, and that's going to be five days that we're going to show you how to do it, going to give you a little bit of homework, and hopefully at the end of the five days, you'll have a plan to make uh, hopefully thousands of dollars in monthly recurring revenue. For example, in this challenge, we're going to teach you how to price your service product so that it makes sense to your clients and you can start making money fast. And we are actually going to show you how to make an irresistible monthly offer that your clients cannot resist. There'll be live calls with me and Clay. We're, We're super excited to connect with some of you who maybe are too shy to come on the show and have us highlight your business. These are private live calls with a small group. In fact, we're only letting in like 25 or so freelancers right now. So, I mean, to give you an idea, there are 10,000 people that are going to listen to this episode alone that you're listening to right now. So you don't want to wait. If you want to sign up, you can visit freelancetofounder.com slash challenge and claim your spot right now. All right, guys, we're serious about this. Please don't procrastinate. You will regret it. And like, you want to be a part of the first 25 OG original members of this five-day challenge (laughs) because it's going to be the first 25 that are going to be so ahead of the game. Listeners of Freelance to Founder can save 30% on this challenge with promo code podcast. So again, visit freelancetofounder.com slash challenge. Enter the promo code podcast when you sign up and you'll save 30% right away. They're going to go fast, you guys. Don't wait. (laughs) So many freelancers want to figure this recurring revenue thing out. And genuinely, we just hope you're one of them and that you'll join us for this fun challenge. Uh, Thanks so much for indulging us. And now on to this week's episode of Freelance to Founder. Hey everyone, I'm Preston Lee. And I'm Clay Mosley. And this is Freelance to Founder. Every week, we sit down with freelancers like you for actionable coaching calls with one mission. To help you ditch the feast-famine lifestyle. And build your own sustainable business. At one point, we were both brand new freelancers, barely making ends meet. But by now, we've started, grown, and even sold a few businesses of our own. And we want to help you do the same. If you're ready to go from freelance to founder, then join the army of freelancers who are taking matters into their own hands. Visit freelancetofounder.com to apply for your own on-air coaching call. And now, get ready to take some notes because an all-new episode of Freelance to Founder starts right now. On today's show, I have a really great conversation with James O'Reilly, an indie artist who's working on making the transition from freelancer to founder. James has had tons of work come in over the last year, which is good, but he's not exactly sure where to go next with his business. Should he hire more artists? Should he hire a project manager or a salesperson? And if he hires now, will work just dry up later and then he'll be in a really bad place financially? In this one-on-one conversation I had with James, I found he was asking all the right questions. And it's these fantastic questions that lead us on a journey to discovering exactly what James must do next to grow his art business. We'll get started right after a quick message from our sponsors. Whether you want to travel more or communicate better with international clients, you need to try Babbel. I've used Babbel's courses and you can do the same in order to learn real life conversation skills in a different language, order food, ask for directions, or speak to clients without having to use translation apps. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription. This is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash freelance. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash freelance, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash freelance. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome back to another episode of Freelance to Founder. I'm joined today by uh, James O'Reilly, who I've been getting to know off the air here before we hit record. Um, James is an artist. We're going to talk a little bit about his freelance uh, work as an artist, and it's going to be a great conversation today. Welcome to the show, James. Greetings. Yes. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Calling in from Australia, uh, from Brisbane. 
Yeah. So thanks for uh, thanks for jumping on the call. Clay can't be with us today, which I explained to you earlier. But for the listeners, Clay is not able to join us on this call today. So it'll just be me and James. But I think it's going to be a great conversation nonetheless. Cool. Looking forward to it. Great. Let's let's start off with the usual bit. We want to talk just a couple minutes about who you are, what your business looks like, what are you working on? You know, I hinted at, at the fact that you're an artist, but tell us what you do. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so I'm an artist and mostly working in uh, like, vi- well, video games, comic books, sometimes portraits, all sorts of odd jobs, like sometimes logo design, but I try to tend away from graphic-y type stuff. And I'm more into like drawing illustrations, that kind of thing. So, um, okay, yeah, right. most of my so work like, who, comes who are your Who are your clients? I'm, um, like, like, do comic book yeah. companies hire you or who do you primarily work with? Mostly indie, like indie comic book writers, um, indie yeah. game designers, um, people perhaps starting a new company, so, someone who wants the p- portrait of their grandparents, for instance, like just so, so many random, but all pretty sort of small. Like I don't often work for big companies, but um, yeah, a lot of random just art requests. Yeah. So you do a lot of just commissioned, commissioned art for yes. folks. Yeah, loads Great. of commissioned art. In fact, right now I'm working on fashion design, which is a totally new thing for me. Oh, sounds really interesting. And how long have you been at it? How long have you been, I guess, how long have you been making art, which I know can can be a lot longer than maybe my second question, which is how long have you been in business for yourself? Um, I'd say, well, arguably you could say I've been making art since I was like three or something, but um Right. Probably, probably like I studied art at university, so I, I guess you could say I started there as well. Um, and as far as art in business, it's probably been um, about 13, 14 years. Started that in London. Um, it was actually the time of the global financial crisis. That's when I started freelancing because I got oh, wow. redundant. You got made redundant. So you got, you got laid off at your job yeah, and you from- decided to make make the leap into full-time freelancing yeah exactly and um yeah pretty much i've been doing it fairly solidly since then with occasional contracts but all art related contracts uh, like okay. occasionally worked in a company for six months here or something like that but yeah pretty much freelancing the whole time yeah that's great and you told me before we hit record it's not only been in in london or in brisbane but also uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so I was I was doing it in London for a while, and at some point, I'd been in London so long that I was taking holidays to sunnier, cheaper countries, and then I just thought, why don't I just move <laughs> there? <laughs> so I moved to Southeast Asia, and also London was so expensive, and I I was starting to get sort of pigeonholed into certain art jobs, certain types of art that I had done a lot of, my portfolio showed a lot of, but I was getting sick of it and I wanted to expand and improve as an artist. So I moved to yeah, Vietnam for a while, Cambodia, Southeast Asia, and um, also my parents' house in Australia for intermittent little visits where I, I just had financial freedom in all those places to when I wasn't working just draw uh draw what i love and improve my skills and improve my portfolio and it's just starting to come full circle now where i'm getting plenty of the work that i actually wanted to do and really enjoy doing i love that in fact that was going to be my question was um maybe maybe take us back to london how how did you find cuz i imagine it's a little different so when you were in london finding clients might have been different than when you were in vietnam or or uh or now, or in Brisbane. I mean, every place has it been different finding clients, or has it been kind of the same? And how have you gone about doing that? Uh, yeah, it's been kind of the same until maybe very recently, like COVID times. Um, so <laughs> London, I I picked up I mostly just found people through like um, various internet forums. Like I'd advertise myself on a game video game developers forums. That's where I started getting most of my work and. Um, I'd get some London-based, I've worked for a lot of US-based clients and then some even like Egypt, Israel, some random ones, but it's primarily USA, um, Australia and England, it tends to be. And then when I moved overseas, um, 
I kept a few of those clients and that sort of tied me over and then I I would collect a couple more clients all all through internet like just I, I put my work up on like freelance.com or something and people contact me even fiverr.com I get work through that sometimes um and so yeah I've primarily been getting it all online so I'd, I'd never worked for any actual Vietnamese clients or Cambodian clients because I think my price range was probably too high for them too high and yeah. it's nice to earn like UK pounds or whatever and live in Cambodia right. in Australia uh, over the last few months I tend to be getting heaps of local clients and I'm not sure why I'm, I'm still on the same website I think they just have a good location SEO or something and a lot, and I'm not sure if it's because I'm just in Australia and have been for a while, and that's somehow being picked up, or if it's got something to do with COVID. But for some reason, I'm just getting loads and loads of Australian clients coming in at the moment. That'd be really interesting to explore. I mean, that's a great problem to have, right? And it'd be really interesting yeah. to explore where those are coming from. Like as you complete a project or begin a project, you say, "Where did you hear about me?" I would imagine if you're getting a lot more than maybe you were previously, you, you could start to uncover some trends there and you could probably yeah, lean well, into that. You know, if they're all coming from the same place, you could maybe invest there or, or clean, I, clean I, up. Like you said, if it's SEO or something, you could do a little bit more even. Yeah. Well, I believe um, they are all coming from the one website that's freelanced with a D on the end, freelanced.com. And I think it, it, I mean, it looks like a website from the early 2000s, but I think they have a good <laughs> a SEO, you know. And um, yeah, I, I, I don't have my work up really on any other websites like that. So most of it's coming from there. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm quite curious as to whether it's got anything to do with COVID and people are just starting to do their art projects or something like that, or if it's just another reason that... Uh, maybe I'm I'm just in Australia for a longer time and it's picking that mm. up or I really don't know. Yeah, maybe I mean it could it could be that as as companies have been forced to lay off their full-time artists, you know, they're now turning to freelancers uh yeah. to fill that gap because the work hasn't gone away necessarily in all those cases just the budget to pay a full-time employee to do art a full-time 100%. So yeah, it, it'd be interesting to explore that further and see um, yeah. If you could take advantage of the SEO of other sites that are similar to freelanced by putting up a nice yeah. profile and seeing if you could if you could build that up too. Yeah, definitely. At the moment, um, it's not so much um, the work's coming in, and the problem that I'm um, come, hitting is that I'm just one guy and I can't get it all right. done. And I've now got like months long queue up of work, and um, I'm. The problem I'm now facing is trying to find help uh, other artists to do it for me, but also being transparent with the people that contact me that that's what I'm doing because a lot of them contact me for my style, my artwork. So, right, uh, I'm I think sort that's particularly of... difficult for an artist. You know, we we often mm. we often will advise uh, designers or developers or even writers to an extent, like you know, subcontract this out, hire that out, um, and become more of an agency. I mean, that's the whole, the whole premise of this podcast, as you know, as the listeners know, but, uh, but it, it does pose an interesting problem with an artist where, you know, every artist has such a distinct, unique style, or you have to water it down to where it's not a distinct style. If you're going to, if you're going to outsource it. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm grappling with at the moment. There's, there's some yeah. things you can do. For example, in a comic book, you can draw the lines and get someone else to color it. Um, right. And there's uh, there's little parts of the process that you can sort of outsource. But yeah, it's a bit of a tricky thing. And also trying to make the what I'm sort of interested in doing and maybe asking you about is how is trying to shift it to. At the moment, people are coming to me as James O'Reilly, the artist. So that's what that's what's on the freelance website and whatnot. But I want to maybe make it make the shift to James O'Reilly agency or, or something like that, so that people know minutes. already that there's a team that they're hiring, and then I don't have to you know, explain as much. That, oh, I'm going to hand some of this off to my assistant. Are you okay with that? Or you know, 
this kind of thing that it's just comes with the package. And and that's a great that's a great segue into uh, the bulk of the show here, where you know longtime listeners are familiar with this freelancer to founder scale that we have you fill out before you come on the show, James. Where we say on a scale of one to ten, one being a freelancer, ten being a founder, where do you currently rate yourself? And you, of course, put yourself at a one. Uh, you're you're doing everything yourself. You're finding clients yourself. You're doing the work, delivering the work, doing the billing, all of that yourself. Um, but you did put a five on where you'd like to be in six to 12 months. So, um, why, why don't you walk me through what a five looks like in your mind, where, where you'd like to be in maybe six or 12 months, because I feel like you were starting to get to that. Maybe, maybe looking more like an agency or a group of subcontracted artists. Like what, what in a perfect world does that look like in six or maybe 12 months from now? Yeah. So I think I probably now I'm maybe on a two since I last filled out the questionnaire. Okay. (laughs) Um, so I'm, I've now subcontracted a couple of people and I'm sort of shopping around for more. Um, and I guess what that would look like for me ideally is, yeah, yeah. Just having some sort of agency or, or a team of artists where we're, where by being a group, we're making more money. Um, and, and I guess by getting through more work. Um, and, and charging higher prices too, which is something I also have done since filling out the questionnaire and since listening to your podcast, some earlier suggestions in earlier episodes, it's just upping the prices. But yeah, ideally, I, I don't, I don't really want to ha- have a higher workload. So yeah, just having a, a team of people, we can spread it out and um, spread out the workload and just earn a bit more money. Yeah. It's it's funny. I was talking to a couple freelancing friends of mine uh, recently. They were talking about how much they make per day on average. And we were talking about how the dream really is to make more per day without working more hours per day. Right. And that's exactly. to me that encapsulates like what we love about this. The process that we go through on this show is like, how can James work the same or work less than he works now yeah. and, and make right more money and and have a more sustainable lifestyle you know escape the feast famine cycle a lot of freelancers still face and really build a reliable business but without like the startup culture of like hustle and burnout and and depression yeah. and all of the things that come along with that you know yeah 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 exactly i i have noticed already it, it there's a little bit of there's a little bit of extra work involved already now that i'm starting to subcontract people and yeah i I imagine that just happens but i wouldn't want to make a habit of it well i think it does happen but i think the secret to making that not happen is developing processes quickly so that you can give up as much so that you can give up as much work as you're taking on right so first first of all like you have to be okay with giving up some of the art um aspect of it making art Mm. and you have to realize that you're also now running a business and the business is your art in some ways right um yeah and so you have to say okay i'm giving up this art where i'm drawing or painting or whatever and i'm and i'm uh picking up this art which is called building a business and so i i and i'm not adding more i'm trading right um and that from that for me at least has saved me from burnout as i've built my small team it's like if mm. I start to feel burned out, I either hire someone or I ask my team if anyone can take on more um, because, yeah, you can only take on so much, right, before you're burned out. And then it's just not any fun. The art's not fun. The business yeah. isn't fun. And you just hate all of it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I, so I guess um, I guess what it sounds like you're able to hire um, you've been able to hire a few subcontractors. Now, are they like on call for future projects or was it like a one off? situation well we're just sort of starting so it's like i'm sort of testing them out to see how they work and yeah i have expressed that there may be more work in the future um and but but the other thing is i'm not sure like if this is just like a covid thing i mean i wouldn't um i wouldn't put anyone on the payroll that 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 is then going to shoot myself in the foot if the work drops away and just be subcontracting but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if maybe the work will just suddenly drop away. I'm not really co- uh, sure what's causing the spike in commissions at the moment. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I would say that is like priority number one after this call 
is figure out why they're spiking because you need to know if that's going to dry up in two months. You can't make plans for six to 12 months from now if you don't know if you're going to have a pipeline of new commissions six to 12 months from now, right? Mm. Um, so I would say that's like homework number one is figure out why you're seeing that spike. And hopefully it's a reason that's sustainable with or without COVID, with or without the you know 2020 right now. Hopefully it's something you can replicate because that's the other thing. And we've talked about this on the show a lot, but you have to have systems that keep your pipeline full. You can't scale a business hoping mm. that people, that clients come around, right? Because you mm. will, even if they're not on payroll, you'll have contractors, subcontractors that are relying on you in a way uh, for them to make a living. And if you let them down or, or can't deliver projects to them, then they don't feel a loyalty to you. And it's really hard to scale a business that way. And so I would say priority number one is in, in six to 12 months, I want to have an agency. How am I going to fill my pipeline so that I can have an agency and not just cross my fingers and hope that, uh, you know, we'll have enough work. Mm. Yeah. Well, you, it, uh, you don't know the ins and outs of my job, but would you have any um, recommendations about how I could um, figure out what's causing the spike or, and what processes to put in place? Have you ever noticed that many of the problems people call in with on this show can be solved by hiring someone? Sometimes you need a full-fledged team, other times maybe just a simple assistant or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. As you may know already, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn Jobs makes the process of finding the perfect teammate easy and intuitive. Hiring is always easy when you have access to so many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours when using LinkedIn Jobs. I've used it myself, and it was so simple. In fact, I've made multiple hires using LinkedIn Jobs. And did I mention, by the way, it's free to business owners like me and you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash freelance. That's linkedin.com slash freelance to post your job for free or click the link in our show description. Terms and conditions apply. You know, working from home is mostly great, but there are some days when I realize I haven't left my house or even my chair like all day. Have you been there? Getting outside to exercise or making a trip to the gym are just harder now that my office is just a flight of stairs away. If you're stuck in the same rut as me, then you should try Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W. With the Hydro rower and 20 minutes a day, getting a full body workout is so much easier. Hydro can work up to 86% of your muscles in just 20 minutes for an insane effective home workout. That's because Hydro pairs the effectiveness of rowing with the power of technology to connect you with over 5,000 video trainings, classes, and workouts. And get ready to get out from behind your home desk because after a few months of daily rowing with Hydro, your partner's gonna wanna take you out for a night on the town to show you off. This spring, join the growing rowing community at Hydro. Head over to hydro.com and use code FREELANCE to save up to $400 off your Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W.com and promo code FREELANCE to save $400. Hydro.com, promo code FREELANCE, or just click the link in our show description. Yeah, perfect, perfect questions to be asking. Um, I would start by asking your clients, where did you find me? So people are finding you through search engines on a, on a website that's kind of like Upwork, it sounds like maybe, but is yeah. it, it Australia-based? No, it's international and it's um, okay. a lot less pretty than Upwork. I think it's really just like a yellow pages kind of thing. It's quite basic. I see. I see. So someone searches like freelance artist Brisbane. I, th I think that's what you need to figure out actually. So I, I would ask my clients, how did you find me? And when they say through the freelanced website, then I might say, um, how did you show up on that website? Right? Like, did you search freelance artist? Did you search mm -hmm. freelance artist Brisbane? Did you search freelance artist Australia? Did you not search mm -hmm. any of those things? Like yeah. what, what did you actually search for? Then what you can do yeah. is continue to tap that, but then you could even work on some of those keywords on your own. Like what you could build an agency website that then starts to rank for these highly qualified, but maybe long tail keywords like um, hire an artist in Brisbane or mm. you know what I mean? So you can start mm. to tackle that. But for me, it all starts with these customer interviews. It sounds like a great time to do it because you have a decent flow of new clients. 
You just mm-hmm. ask them, where did you hear about me? And you have a genuine conversation like you and I are right now and just yeah. figure out where they actually came from. Yeah. Okay. That's a good idea. And yeah. and you say, when you say uh, ranked, ranked certain words, like uh, that's kind of jargon to me. I wouldn't even know where to start about um, <laughs> creating a website that ranks certain words. Yes. Sorry. I, I, so I tend to do a lot of SEO in my day-to-day work. So I sometimes slip into, uh, you know, <laughs> jargon like that, but basically that here's here's what it is in its most basic form so when you talk seo it's search engine optimization oh yeah and 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 i'm sure you're a little bit familiar with that but basically what you're trying to do is you're saying a certain number of people every month are searching you know hire an artist in brisbane and you Mm. want to capture as many of those people as possible right if if you had your way if someone searches hire an artist in brisbane you want to be the number one spot in google now, freelanced, the freelanced website might be number one, and that might be hard to beat because they can offer 30 artists in Brisbane or something, right? Um, sure. Or you might be able to beat them. I, you never know. But I, for listeners and for you, James, I would suggest you start by reading um, the Ahrefs blog and using their free tool and then potentially upgrading if it seems to resonate as a marketing tool for you. So it's ahrefs.com, and it's what we use uh, at Milo for all of our SEO, Um, and they have a fantastic tool. You can literally type in uh, Artist Brisbane, right, and then it'll show you what people are searching with those words. So it might be that people are searching uh, uh, become an artist in Brisbane, right? That's not interesting to you. I mean, maybe it is if you want to hire local artists, but really that's not as interesting to you. It might be mm. um, street artists in Brisbane. And it's like, well, we don't really do street art, so maybe that's not. It could be music artists in Brisbane. You're like, that's also not one. But then it says, like, hire, uh, you know, illustrators in mm. Brisbane. And that's, like, closer maybe to what you do, which I know, and I don't mean to, to assimilate different kinds of art, um, but no, like that maybe becomes definitely. a little closer to what you, the work you do. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's about doing, that's called keyword research. And sorry, once you once you ask me on this, I could go on forever, but I'm trying to keep it <laughs> that's simple. But fine, um, yeah. that's that's keyword research, and the more okay. research you can do on that, then you can start to create content. Like you might create a page on your website that uses words around artist in uh-huh. Brisbane or illustrator in Brisbane. Um, basically, okay. you would build a page that would help people solve their problem when they're searching for that issue. Right. Okay. That, yeah, that answers the initial yeah. question. Yeah. Now I understand. <laughs> yeah. So and it's, it's, I mean, it takes a lot of work. Content. It's, it's, it's its own art SEO, right? So it might be worth hiring out at some point. Mm, um, yeah. It, it takes, it's, it's got a steep learning curve, but, but it does deliver. I mean, 93% or something of online interactions start with a search, they say. So it's, yeah, it's definitely totally. worth investing. Yeah, that's something I definitely would invest in. It's, yeah, just make a bit of money from the current flow and then invest it in that and keep the flow going. Yeah. Again, if that's if that's where they're finding you, right? Um, yeah. If, if you, like, randomly somehow got listed in some, like, brochure that someone sent out and they were, like, they listed your <laughs> art and your website, I don't know, like, somehow you that, got featured that somewhere. Exact. That exact thing did happen to me, and for many years I was getting work from this website that someone had someone had just put together a list of digital artists. I had no idea that I was on it or anything, <laughs> and I got so many referrals through that. Yeah, and that's the exact kind of thing that if you know it's happening, you can lean into it and really leverage yeah. it. Um, cool. Yeah. So, like, if yeah, you find okay. out that that method works, then maybe you... Maybe you personally write similar content and submit it to other blogs, right? And include yourself and other artists, maybe artists that are on your team of subcontractors. And so it becomes this like little marketing piece. Mm, The idea, in my opinion, my philosophy with marketing is figure out what's working and then just dump gasoline on it um, to really really make it go, you know? Um, Things that are working organically, if you can then strategically augment them, then, then it really seems to take off. Okay, sure. At the moment, I've uh, yeah, I think probably step one for me is just get my sort of team 
I just need to get on top of the actual work that I've got at the moment. Mm. There's there's that much of it coming in, and then make a little space for myself to start thinking about expanding the the yeah all the things you just mentioned. Yeah, you know, so many freelancers deal with feast famine though because they during the feast they're not thinking about the famine. Right? It's really easy during the famine to think about the feast, to dream of it, to drool over it, and wish that you had lots of business coming in. But when you have lots of business, it's really hard to think about, well, six months down the road, this could all dry up if I don't know where it's coming okay. from. And yeah. so, yes, you have to get your work done. You obviously have to deliver for your clients, but it may be worth hiring hiring more artists or hiring a marketing person or even hiring a virtual assistant who can do this outreach and call all your clients and ask how they found you. Like someone could help you with that potentially. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you have enough work coming in that you maybe have a little bit of extra profit you could invest, it would be well worth the investment to do that now instead of when all the work dries up. Yeah, that's a good point. I think my, uh, probably one of my issues is it's not that I'm like pridefully attached to every bit of the work I do, but it's more like I, I have a, I can't imagine outsourcing someone to have the conversations that I would have or to like have the eye to, to look for artists that I want to bring onto my team. Like mm. it's hard to imagine parts of the job that I, I could outsource. Yeah. Maybe I, maybe I just need to like bite the bullet or just, you know, jump over the fence, so to speak, take the leap. It, it can try. be hard. Um, one book I might recommend to you is called The Cashflow Quadrant. I've mentioned it a couple times on the podcast. Okay. It talks about the difference between self-employed people and entrepreneurs. And while that might sound okay. similar, like the self-employed person believes that he's the only one that can do what he does, while the entrepreneur yes. realizes there may even be people who are actually better at it than he is, yes, which yeah. is like so hard to swallow, right? I'm the same. It's hard to say like, I could hire someone who could do this better than I can do it. Cause you have to yeah. admit that maybe you're not the best at it. Mm -hmm. um, but, but the entrepreneur recognizes that if he does hire those people, then his business takes off. Right. Yeah. As you say that, I, I totally recognize the truth in that, that I just probably need to just do it. And mm. yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm still not sure about, uh, I, I probably have to choose the artists that I work with myself. I don't think I could outsource that choice because I have to like look at it with my artist's eye and say, you know, this meet, this is similar to my style or whatnot, but maybe other areas. That. Yeah. I could see that you could eventually, depending on how granular you wanted to get with it, you could, you could, um, develop a process where someone looks at and recommends some that that meet certain criteria right because there's i'm sure there's some like boolean criteria on or off true or false where it's just like mm. if if they have this then they're not a good fit or if they don't have this then they're not a good fit or whatever people someone else could rule those out and then send you just the best candidates um yeah, you're and right. then yeah. you apply your your eye and your taste and all of that that yeah only you possess yeah, you're right. I probably am just making the, the freelancer, not uh, entrepreneur mistake there. I probably just could find another decent artist to do that exact job. Someone else who's got an artistic eye could could look at my work. Does it look a bit like my work? Yes or no? Right. Select. Or they could at least get you 90% of the way there, right? And then you could just yeah. make the final yeah. decision if you really need right. to. That's right, yeah. Yeah, give me like 10 options to choose from right yeah maybe out of a hundred candidates they give you the yeah the 10 that are the best in their mind and then and then you just pick one or two and it's so much easier said than done right it's so much easier to say oh just give up control on this thing and hire out this thing and and it's so much harder as particularly as creative people as artists we get a lot of writers designers as creative people like it's it's hard to let go of that creative control um mm. And so there's a trade-off, you know, some people yeah. choose to never let go of that and they're perfectly happy because that brings them joy. They're mm. perfectly happy to just run their business that way where they have to do most of the creative work. Yeah. However, this show that's about, you know, scaling up to being a founder is about letting go of that 
and saying yeah. my art is yes, my art is making art, but it's also making a business. Yeah. 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 I definitely would like to scale up and yeah, just be making my art on the side, but having the business go ahead. Hmm. And so I guess what other hurdles stand between going from a one to a five on that freelancer to founder scale? Like what haven't we addressed that we should chat about? Probably like I, I've often thought I really probably need help with um, just, yeah, probably just like a business mind, someone who's got a business mind and can take care of like, like basically the things you're advising me with today, someone who thinks a bit more like you. Um, I, and I'm not sure if I'm at the point where I could afford to hire someone full time to do something like that. And I don't even know right. where to look or, <clears throat> you know, what search terms to type in. But yeah, someone who's a bit more, um, who's maybe studied business or has experience and can just think about how to make money, how to expand just is better at, you know, innovation in that side of in that regards. Yeah. And and when you say you're, you would ideally like to find that that's a hurdle. I mean, would, would you want to find a, a business partner? Would you want to find a coach? Would you want to find like a, someone under you who, who maybe is good at marketing or good at sales? Like what, what would be the actual result that you'd want? You know, as you say, each one of those, they all sound, they all sound good, basically. <laughs> you just like, want them all. Just hire them all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like any of those options. I, I just want, I think I just want um, ideas and then someone motivated to do to put those ideas in place. So that could be a coach. That could be probably, probably like hire a person would be better because a coach would tell me to do it and then, Right. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah an assistant or, or a business partner would be perfectly fine. Yeah, I think um there's a lot of value in in a business partner. I mean, there's a there's a lot of risk. I know if Clay were here, he would say probably not do a partner. I've actually never had a business partner. I have heard horror stories, of course, about business partners and and having to go your separate ways and not agreeing not seeing eye to eye so i think there's value in in maintaining control but hiring someone who has a great vision about mm-hmm. where the company could go i think what could be really cool is to hire someone who appreciates art but isn't an artist you know so they appreciate mm. the work that you do creatively but they're but they're not romantic about it they don't get attached to the art necessarily they just look at it as a business transaction because that could allow you mm-hmm. to then to thrive as a business, regardless of what industry you're in, which is art, you know? Yeah. What do you think I would, like, I don't even know what, like, the, the job title is that I would search for. If I want, I, I, let's say I basically just want an assistant who's going to help me to grow the business and is going to take care of the, I don't know, the things that I, I'm not even, I don't even know. I just, <laughs> yeah. What the, but what am I looking for? <laughs> What's the name of the job? That I'm <laughs> yeah. Sort of so, for? so I would, I would maybe start with, it depends a little bit on if you'd rather go like administratively figuring out the process for onboarding clients. Mm. Uh, I, if it were me, I would focus on sales first. So it sounds like while you have a nice flow of clients, you aren't necessarily passionate about how they've come to you or how to get more necessarily, except that you don't want your business to go under. But there are people out there who are very passionate about marketing and sales, and they're all about figuring out the right channels and the right message and the right audience and all of these little details that add up to healthy, predictable, reliable month-over-month sales. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would maybe start with a salesperson. Um, Of course, you you could also start with, which I'll I'll warn you now, hiring a salesperson is very difficult. I've I've tried that um, multiple times and it's hard to find someone that's the right fit, but but it's not impossible. Um, You might also look for like an operations person, right? So if you were a startup, you might hire uh, like a COO, a chief operations officer who who handles everything about how your business runs. How do you get clients? What about when they're when when you actually get them? How do they get onboarded? How does a task get sent from you, the creative director, to 
a subcontracting artist? How do you get feedback from the client? When is a project done? What happens when it's finished? Like all of those details, the COO mm. would be answering. So there might be like freelance um, operations people that you could search for on right, something like yeah. Upwork, you know. But I, if it were me, I would start with sales. I mean, does that resonate with you at all? Is sales a marketing person? Yeah, yeah. Both of those things really resonate with me. And I was just wondering, yeah, like, but you just answered it. Do they, do they, are there freelance CIOs or freelance salespeople out there? Um, and, and where would I look? But you reckon Upwork, something like that? Yeah, they're, they're definitely out there. I would start with Upwork. Um, Upwork can be hit or miss, you know, depending on depending on the kind of freelancer you want to hire, there can be really low quality folks there, or there can be really high quality freelancers there. Um, mm. I might, I might try like some general searches too. In addition to Upwork, there might be a site that specializes in just helping you hire a freelance operations person, or, or there might be like a SaaS, uh, a software as a startup kind of solution where, you know, I don't have a freelance accountant. I have a group of people that work for a startup that help me with my books and all aspects of my finances, right? Mm-hmm. And so there might be a solution kind of like that where they help you with all aspects of operations or of sales and marketing. There's certainly a million marketing agencies that for the right amount of money you could hire, but it would be, you know, trying to find the right size and the right budget and all of that might be might be a bit of a challenge. But I don't know. Yeah. Do any of those Do any of those sound like a good yeah. approach? Yeah, they do. Yeah. All of those are interesting and it's sort of making me think of my next question, which is what, like, so if I put together a team, which I'm sort of in the process of doing now, and I'm trying to figure out whether I, I'm, I guess I'm trying to figure out what my business model is. So am I putting together a team of artists and we're all advertising our portfolio pieces as this team of artists so people can see you've got this style this style and this style or am i advertising like james o'reilly agency and just one sort of uniform style and then if if i put together a team of artists who are who are equally talented as me how how do i justify and and how does the business model make it so that i'm earning like a little bit extra money and how do I justify that to them? Mm-hmm. What gives me the, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. What gives you the right to take extra money when they're making the art? Mm, exactly. I, I think, I think, um, I think actually your previous question answers that perfectly fine for me. So consider uh, as an artist, if someone told you that they would worry about finding all the clients and they would worry about managing all the clients and all you had to do was take the artistic brief the creative brief and make great art all day long Mm. like so many artists dream of that right um yeah and and don't want to deal with just like you said just like you said you don't want to deal with the sales (laughs) the onboarding the processes um that to me is why an artist works for an agency or for a collective Mm. uh is to not have to deal with that and they're willing to give up a portion of the revenue to have you or someone else deal with that process to just mm. hand them a client, right? Not, not to have to go out and market themselves, not have to do sales, just to have someone every week, hand them a new project and <laughs> tell them by Friday, it needs to be done and go knock yourself out. They work on that mm. and they bring it back by Friday. And then the next Monday they get a new one. People, some people love that. They don't yeah, want to. I would love build that. A business. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and so that's perfect. how I think that's how the model works is you hire someone because it sounds like that's not you, but you hire someone mm-hmm. who does manage all of that. And then yeah. um, and then you use the, the profits to pay yourself a little extra for for running and owning the business. You pay that person with the extra profits and then your artists obviously get a cut as well. Yeah, OK. Yeah. So I'm ba- basically looking for someone who can build and manage an agency for me, but with my help or input. And then I find the artist or, or even maybe they find the artist and uh, yeah, sort of, sort of hiring someone to do, do one side for me, then hiring the artist to do the art for me and, and hoping it all and making sure it all doesn't collapse. (laughs) 
<laughs> right, and to not make yourself obsolete in that scenario, I would say you would probably assume the role of like creative director. So mm. so everything goes through you creatively. Um, yeah. You know, otherwise you you sort of make yourself redundant in your own business. Uh, yeah. yeah. If you cut yourself, it's a fine line, right? If you cut yourself out too much, then yeah, there's nothing to keep these artists from just leaving and doing their own thing. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. It's sort. Of, it seems to be naturally forming at the moment, where I'm getting a lot of work. People love my artwork, and they want it done. So I'm saying, um, I'm a bit busy, but I have an assistant which can help, and I'll I'll be quality control, and I'll make sure. For for instance, one that I'm doing at the moment, I drew, I painted up the concept, a, a rough image, but just mm. to get everything in place, got the tick of approval from the client and then I send that off to another guy to to finish it. Um, so yeah. that seems to be the natural way things are progressing at the moment, evolving. Yeah. And that seems like that seems like a great model to me. Um, and then, you know, if you want to deal less with the clients even, then someone just does the back and forth and you spend most of your time doing those initial sketches and approving the final stuff that comes back but you're still passing it through the, the client liaison person. It, it just depends on, I guess, how quickly you want to grow that side of it. But it sounds like, like you said, it's naturally moving in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that would, that, that would be like a virtual assistant or something. Would it be to, to liaise? Yeah. Yeah. Potentially. Or, or it could be that, that sales and marketing person or operations person that we talked about earlier. Yeah. Yeah. But, sure. but, but on a smaller scale, yeah, to test it out, you could have like a virtual assistant kind of person who who manages that relationship. For example, it's not exactly the same, but it's very similar. So uh, with the blog and the podcast, we deal a lot with sponsors. And I find yeah. I don't have time to create content, grow audience, and do all the things that I enjoy doing. And also uh, do all the back and forth with our sponsors, collect assets, report on the performance of their sponsorship, all of these things. And so I hired someone who's very talented at that, um, who, who is always the go-between on sponsorship stuff. They, he keeps me in line, <laughs> like he keeps me moving forward mm -hmm. and he mm -hmm. keeps the sponsor moving forward. But I almost never, um, communicate with our sponsors after the initial, uh, like setup call. And I just mm. kind of turn it over to him and he handles the whole process and it runs really smoothly. And meanwhile, I get to do work that I enjoy instead of dealing with uh, the, the minutia of a sponsorship. Oh, that's really interesting. And actually, uh, if you don't mind talking about it, I'd be interested to hear what elements of your business you do yourself and what elements you have outsourced. For. Yeah, absolutely. So I, um, I really enjoy marketing. So I do a lot of our marketing stuff. I do a lot of our SEO. I do our audience building and audience engagement, stuff like that. I create content, like I'm creating this podcast episode with you. Um, I write quite a few articles uh, on our site and elsewhere. I do a lot of that where I like to really interact with people. I like to feel like I'm helping people and supporting people, coaching people, and helping them take control of their lives and their business. Um the stuff I outsource is is anything that's sort of administratively related, but that I don't have the bandwidth to do. So I have a very talented uh, teammate named Adam who handles um, basically everything to do with the blog. So we get tons of guest contributors. We get people reaching out to do to you know please mention my product in your list or whatever like that. So Adam handles ninety percent of the stuff that comes through for that. Um, he also helps me with some content for our paid membership site and Bilal, who is the other member of our team right now, he handles all the sponsorship stuff and then he basically runs our membership site. Um, right. so a lot of that is, is hands off for me. I, I step in when it's time to interact with people or, or when there's a problem he can't solve or, or creatively we're adding cool new features you know I, I like to i like to decide strategically where the company is going and then we all mm. execute together okay yeah that's really interesting to hear so you have a paid paid website and um your partner uh, on the podcast also has um dripify uh, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm i'm not totally clear on any of those but are any of those services have um would be, have any like facets that you could see might be helpful for what we're talking about with my business today? 
Um, potentially. So <clears throat> the membership site I run uh, is called Solid Gigs, and we focus on uh, helping freelancers find jobs. So we have um, we send a curated list of freelance jobs based on criteria that you you send us. So I'm looking for you know jobs only in the U.S. or only not in the U.S. or uh, art jobs or writing jobs or design jobs and all sorts of other you know, little criteria. And then we send you a list. Uh, we update a list regularly in your account of, of jobs that might be a good fit. Um, mm-hmm. And then we also have like uh, classes and courses and templates and scripts to help you pitch a job. When you find one that you like, it's like, here's how you reach out to actually win the job and get the, get the client that you want. So that could potentially uh, be helpful, um, you know, helping you do more sales and more outreach that you can actually predict instead of just getting inbound that you hope never dries up. So that could be mm-hmm. potentially helpful. Uh, Dripify, which is Clay's business and, uh, and membership site will help you like with marketing, a lot of like social media marketing, but other kinds of marketing and sales uh, courses and training on like how to, how to become like a sales and, and marketing professional. So honestly, mm. both of those could potentially help you if you want to learn learn those skills. Now, the call so far has been a lot about hiring out those skills. So I don't, yeah. I don't know if those would help you there. But, you know, if you wanted to learn it instead, those could potentially be helpful. Yeah. Or if I just found someone like a, like a, a cousin or something who wanted to yeah. do that yeah. for me and I could That's send true. them. Or a VA yeah. or someone or someone who's or, yeah, a recent graduate in marketing who who kind of knows what they're talking about, but needs additional training, you could send them to one of our resources. Yeah, and I just pay for the subscription for them. And yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely an option. Think about it. Yeah, that's a good call. Well, good. I think we're we're probably getting to the tail end of the call here. Is there anything we haven't covered that you wanted to chat about? Um, No, I feel like I've got heaps to mull over and I've got a bit of a better sort of shape forming in my head i'm sure i'll think of another question like 30 (laughs) minutes later after we've hung up (laughs) well feel free to reach out via email but it's been a pleasure having you on the call today man i really appreciate it yeah i yeah i really appreciate it it's great to have a little coaching session and it's great what you're doing well great i appreciate you being a part of it and um we'll we'll hopefully catch up soon and you can keep me uh keep me updated on how your business is doing i'd love to stay in touch yeah definitely thanks a lot preston Okay, thanks, James. See you soon. All right, take care. Freelance to Founder is produced by the team at Millo. Visit millo.co to level up your freelancing. And Dripify, visit getdripify.com to become a bad A in business. Freelance to Founder is also part of the Podglomerate. You can check out more amazing podcasts at thepodglomerate.com. The theme music for this show was produced by Joaquin Carud. You can catch past episodes at FreelanceToFounder.com or by searching Freelance to Founder in your favorite podcast player. While you're at it, we'd love an honest review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's all for now. Until next time. See ya. See ya.